so bunting that runner over in extra innings, uh, maybe it's not a big deal when Ryan Jeffers can go uh, deep. Happy uh, post-memorial show. It's a Tuesday, a Jack Michaels show. I'm in studio, and it's just good to see my friend Brad Anderson. I've been, and Derek's out a little bit. He's got a little allergy acting up there, so D with you. But I forgot what you look like, Brad. I had been on the road for about a month. Well, month I, uh, and a half. I got a little more tan on me yeah. than the last time you saw me. But you uh, were out in Bismarck, then in Minneapolis. I mean, you were jet, you were jet setting a little bit it, yourself. I know, and I haven't gotten a chance to uh, do anything outside of work where I've gotten to travel <laughs> and do something leisurely, and that was uh, that was kind of nice. On all the way to. My, uh, my my wife and daughter, bless their hearts, sat through that dismal Twins game on uh, Sunday. It's like my well, wife goes, says, Rachel didn't want to tell you, but she says she was getting kind of bored. I says, Well, go. I know. I says it, it was that was hard to watch at times, but that's I, a problem. I, I totally understand. It's, it's a thing you're rolling the dice when you when you travel to a game three <laughs> yes. or four hours. You're hoping it's going to be a nice yep. game, and then yep. and uh, whatever. But it was but, a beautiful day, and they. Just yeah, couldn't get her. Couldn't couldn't get anything going. Uh, there, there's uh, obviously a lot to I guess unpack and, and go back over and, and look uh, after the uh, the long uh, weekend and whatnot, and, and certainly uh, honoring uh, those that have paid the ultimate price for our, our freedoms and Memorial Day. And I noticed there a lot of it. That's one one thing about Memorial Day the uh, the recognition of those that that did and sacrifice all over our communities, all over. The, my mom sent a video. My sister sent a video of in Williston where you know. They're reading the names off, and then Pops was read there, and it, it kind of a kind of a good thing. And I, I think on, on baseball games, you know, the God Bless Americas mm-hmm. and the Red, White, and Blue and the Star Spangled Banner just meet a little bit more on on that. So it was good. It was nice at the Red Hawks. You heard Chris Coast there. Uh, we're off yesterday. They uh, hmm, that was a, that was a heck of a trip. I know the Cleburne trip was long. Obviously, we mm-hmm. we busted that, Brad, as you know the uh, but the. Uh, <laughs> The, the ten day nine gamer and and in a zig in a triangular like weird fashion. I was when I was talking to Corey, uh, Corey Provost on Friday. We were doing baseball this week, beforehand, and, and and I said, yeah, Jack's on the road still, and I and I said, yeah, he went from. Chicago to Lincoln back to Milwaukee. And like, who did, came up with that did, travel schedule? Did Corey go, that's insane. Yeah, go, that doesn't quite. Uh, that doesn't quite uh, add up. Were you at the game when uh, Corey's son did yes, the guest? Uh, he was the PA? outstanding. Cooper, little Coop. So they announced it, and and maybe I missed it at first, but and then they announced when the inning was over. I said, "That's nine-year-old Cooper Provis," and then they brought Corey up on the video board, and he was applauding. His son was terrific. I have, uh, it, it, and we'll chat with him this week. Nice win by the Twins, obviously in Houston yesterday. It's a better feeling today regarding the Twins yesterday for a number of reasons. Royce Lewis. We'll get into it with Dick Bremer. Uh, coming up on our, our Tuesday conversation with Dick, brought to you by Jefferson Line. So Dick Remmer will join us uh, here coming up around the corner. Uh, but uh, two good, and I, I mentioned this on sports on KFGO today, uh, two good stories in baseball yesterday. Number one was Royce Lewis, and and, if, and we'll talk with Dick about this, but if you've been around athletes, and you know Brad does uh, collegiate sports and pro sports, and, and you see athletes take the ACL injury, for instance, and the minute that thing pops and and that's what the diagnosis is you just know that you're whatever nine months to a year of rehab and it's just it's not fun rehabbing anything but it's it's just all this commitment mentally and physically to get back to play and then boom you do it again and now you got to go through it again that's the Royce Lewis story and yesterday into the lineup and bang he homers he drives in four it's a great story the other is uh, Liam Hendricks, you know, going through chemo bread, stage four, mm-hmm. non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 
and uh, going through the chemo. And you can imagine, and those that have, have had to do that, and we all know uh, personally many that have, what that takes out of you to go through that and then to try to get your body back into a spot to play at a major league level and you get your rehab starts. Well, he got in last night and uh, gave up a couple of runs, granted. But, I mean, that Brad, two stories right there, Royce Lewis and Liam Hendricks. Yeah, I was, uh, I was kind of flipping around last night and watched a little bit of the NBA, and then that game was on, and I saw he was pitching because they had a – a uh, little some of them pregame about him returning and and, and yeah it was it was really too bad it was a couple of blue pits and here and there but you could tell he was kind of grinded trying to grind through that inning and uh, but you know I you know I'm sure he was frustrated with how it turned out but who knew two three months ago right. that he'd be what in that situation right what well said what he was staring at I can't imagine he even thought that he would where he would be in several months from that. So that that was really that kind of warmed my heart to see that yesterday. Mike Elke will hear a conversation with the coach of the North Dakota State College of Wild, uh, Wildcats, NDSCS Wildcats uh, women's softball team. Uh, they won the uh, the World Series, Drew D three World Series, in upstate New York. And, you know, Mike. Mike has a job, and then he has a job. He has a job in town in Fargo, and he has a job. And I, I was joking with him, and you'll hear it on that uh, piece. I'm like, yeah, you got to go in and demand a raise now, don't you? I mean, it's really kind of a neat thing. I was tongue-in-cheeking that. But it was uh, the way they did it. Mike will break it down if you didn't follow it or read it on 740thefan.com. Brad, I put a, a talk on that. It, really impressive uh, for the Cats. Any team in our region, high school, college, junior college, that, that goes out uh, uh, and plays in that level in that kind of tournament um, and wins, that's that's pretty good stuff. And they were close last year, and they went over the hump. So, Mike Elke, you'll hear from that uh, a World Series title. That's And as good as the Cats, and I'll say this again, as good as the Cats programs have been, you know, that's their first uh, national title. It's not easy to do that. That's it's, it's, it's like the difference between the Class A and Class B basketball tournament North Dakota. No offense to A, but when you were, remember the old B, you had to roll through – you know, districts, and you had to come mm-hmm, back to the right. regions. You had to get to state, and you had to win a state. That JUCO track, Brad, not that not that simple to roll through either. No, so. you say there's kind of a handful of teams, but I always thought it's very peculiar how they play. You know, you play the Mondak schedule, and then they're playing it's coming completely different when they get into the uh, regional. They're playing a lot of MCAC teams, so you're kind of facing somebody different, and it's just kind of the level the, the level Division three that they are in. So I think that's the reason why that. Is what it is, but yeah, and the, the, you know, with a long trip and everything involved in that, and uh, you know, it's been a pretty good year at science. Football yeah. was close to winning a national title. Women's basketball went to nationals and won a game for the first time down there. Right, uh, men's team won a conference title. Volleyball was strong. I mean, it's uh, if you haven't paid attention to what goes down uh, down there athletically, I would encourage you to because they uh, there's a lot of good things happening there. I, uh, I on my my today in history, I don't know how to. Phrase this for the text club today at 35270. is how you can interact with us, you know, the text club. There's just a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm a history kind of buff when it comes. Where would we be without history? We might get history every day, you know, where, where would we be? Today is an interesting day, May 30th. And Brad, I'm going to throw these at you, and I don't know how to phrase this on, on who's had uh, the most uh, memorable impact, maybe, <clears throat> and it rains. I'll go along this way. Uh, number one, on this date, 1982, a guy named Cal Ripken Jr. began a streak, began on this date, 82, on this date, uh, and ended that playing streak 
on September 20th, 1998. Now, that was May 30th, 1982, mm-hmm. and ends in 98, and as we all know, the number 2632, or you maybe, if you don't, that's the number, 2632. That's consecutive games played. It, it, it truly is, I think, what we all would agree on, one record that you can use the word never, Brad, correct? You can say you can probably yep. be safe to say this will never be broken. Ah, uh, yes. I think in today's uh, today's line of professional sports, especially Major League Baseball, I just don't. You just you know it, the term load management comes up where just guys are just going to get a day off, or managers are just going to give them the I'll say a required day off. But uh, you know, unless it, I think even if the player says I want to play, say now we're going to give you the day off. So. Two thousand six hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> Games like maybe not feeling well one day. Obviously, it doesn't. I don't. I don't. Cal probably went out late the night before. My guess is Cal probably treated his body pretty good and and uh, you know put himself in the best position to play for two thousand six hundred and thirty two consecutive games. Not my ankle. He's a he's rolled ankles. He if you recall Cal Ripken, it's not like he was he wasn't without some tweak or or injury. Mm-hmm. Just I think once it got going. He just wasn't coming out. Maybe right. when Lou was in, in sight, I think he was just playing, period. Mm-hmm. You know, just, right. Uh, the other thing, Babe Ruth on this date, 35, played in his final game. Babe Ruth played in his final game on this date, 1935, went hitless against the Phillies. He was with the Braves at that time. Uh, went hitless uh, against the Phillies. There's two names right there. Talk about on this date, May 30th, uh, memorable impact days. Joan of Arc. This date, 1431, burned the stake, Brad. Oh, that's nineteen rough year, day. Yeah, tough, tough, tough nine, day. 19 years old. You know, the patron uh, saint of, uh, of France, right? Joan of Arc, kind of large, at 19 years old. You talk about a uh, uh, female uh, fighter and defender. Had an impact. I'd imagine if we were in, in uh, Paris mm-hmm. or Angers or name your French town, that would probably win our, our, our name battle today. On this date, 1971, Blue Ribbon Sports officially became Nike Incorporated. Really? This date, May 30th. Uh, so there, so you got Cal Ripken. Uh, the streak started on this day. Babe Ruth ended his mm-hmm. career on this date. Joan of Arc was burned on this date. We can throw. I just thought I'd throw that in. It's some more historical fact. Blue Ribbon Sports became Nike, and then one that I think maybe. Maybe I'll choose over all of those, Brad. Okay. Born on this date, May 30th, he'd be 115 today. Mel Blank. Oh, Looney Tunes. Now, if you <laughs> if you look at impact, <laughs> if you look at impact, Mel Blank, known as the man of a thousand voices, and you think about him, he was the voice of Bugs Bunny and Taffy Duck and Porky Pig and Tweety. And Sylvester, and Yosemite Sam, and Foghorn Leghorn, and the Tasmanian Devil, and Barney Rubble, and Dino on the Flintstones, Mr. Spacely on the Jetsons, and I barely, I think Captain Caveman, Brad, I'm barely touching the surface. Tell me Mel Blanc's contribution to life could rival some of those other names I just said, by the way. Well, that's, right. well, he, well, he spanned over decades, oh. that's, uh. He was just kind of looking back here. He he was kind of getting started in the 30s and in the 40s and kind of went through the golden age. I mean, kind of when television and and especially animation and such. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, that was my scratch the surface compared to what we have now. I mean, and here's how not bright apparently I might have been as a child. (laughs) 
I didn't learn that till later. Like that one one dude was doing most of the most of those voices, like Daffy and and, and Elmer Fudd probably going at each other, and he's doing both of them, you know, or Daffy and Bugs or whatever. Yeah, I didn't learn he's a that. Pack till... a day smoker, according to, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, well, here, there so. you have it. That'll, that'll no, get that, you that. that probably uh, that probably kept him going. Gravelly tone. That's back when he'd be on Johnny Carson. Everybody'd be just lighting up on the. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like passing cigarettes. You know, Buddy Hack would be there with a scotch. Yeah, you know, having, right. <laughs> having a lung dart and a, and a drink. <laughs> but Mel Blank was born on this day, and I thought, you know, what a day! May thirtieth. You know, Ripken starts his streak. Babe Ruth ends his career. But Nike officially becomes Nike on this date. I mean, there was a lot of did I look a lot of Americana on this date, really. When you <laughs> I think mean, about it's a it. great date. May thirtieth. Mark it down. It's a. But then when I got to Mel Blank's birthday, I went, well, that's the. That's the capper. That that's the guy right there. Uh, number of things I would say we we said uh, we would uh, get to over the weekend, and and just touching on a, on a couple of things right there. The um uh, the state track meet in North Dakota uh, started and came to a conclusion over the weekend too, and there were some individual efforts that uh, I was texting Brad. Brad was did a nice job of covering that, and I was on the road, and you you text some of the results, and you were getting sound from some of the athletes. And I think one of them, I was in the uh, clubhouse in one of the, maybe Lincoln or Milwaukee, one of the two, and and I didn't think that the, some of those marks were going to be touched. When you're starting to dance around uh, the Laura Raisler numbers and the Morgan Milbreth numbers mm-hmm. on the girls' side, and uh, here's a kid from New Rockford, Cheyenne, that uh, just Elsie Belquist, and then then Cece De Bomb, the, the Davies kid, is just. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she was, and the Heinrich uh, Trey. Uh, yep, Trey won uh, one ten in the three hundred yeah, hurdles. Wow, and, there were some individual efforts on uh, Brad. It's really cool. I mean, it's some of those ones Mount West. I think it was one of the races. Legacy went like one, two, and three, mm. and it was just you know Bowman County had some really good distance runners, and that was kind of the the chess match. But in the on the boys team side with them and Kindred, that Kindred. You know, they went one, two, three in the shot put. I mean, Jack Packer threw oh. it 60 feet. <laughs> Sunram just destroyed, you know, destroyed the discus. And like Kindred's produced some. Yeah. Got, got Abby Dukesher's Alabama Crimson Tide mm-hmm. playing at a, you know, Super Regional, go to the World they Series. Just got, I mean, they just got points from a number of different spots. One of the relays won. And, and just uh, just really, a, I mean, just a lot of good in, individual performance. Elise Wisniewski wins the oh, 100. That was go. a pretty good race with her. And, and uh, co-champions, right, the girls? Yeah, uh, it, Central it, no, this is an interesting story. So they were down to one of the final races. It was, I think, the 4 by 400 And I was up in the – I was kind of down the field, and then i go up the press box That's and do right, a little yeah. work and come back. And and uh, so they're, they're down 10, and I think that was their last event they were in. And – Central Cass, I think, was done. I think, or they were waiting on they had, they had one person, the javelin. They were going to see if they, see if she placed, and she didn't. So Central McLean is trailing Lisbon's ahead in the four by four hundred, and they're okay. coming down the probably the last fifty to seventy oh. meters, probably. Okay. I mean, they had already so come inside they, 100, yeah, basically. so they're coming basically on that back, you know, that straightaway right in front of the North Press Box there, in front of the main grandstand, and that Central McLean girl passes. Probably, I said, it was less than 100 meters. And wow. passed her in one. And that got him the 10 points That to got him into the tie. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I know we'll come back and talk about Dick Bremer here, but uh, did I see, and I, I, I don't have the names in front of me or anything, again, on the road, you know what's happening. Did I see a race at the state track meet, might have been a 400, where two uh, two fellas at the end, it yes. was dove. At, it was the 800, 400, dove at the end. These And then got up and kind of hugged each other. They're good teammates and, and great competition. All I saw was this this tweet of two runners, maybe Class B, 
It was. I uh, think Carrington and Hillsboro Central Valley, I believe. <laughs> that that just sold out at the end. Yeah, I was upstairs when that happened Unbelievable. too. Unbelievable. Yep. That's a great. Yeah, like diving into a pool. Like they were just forget the lean. They're just going at it. I don't know what constituted that, and I don't even know if that's a thing. Like if that's happened before. I've covered a track meet it for many has, years, I'm I guessing, suppose. Yeah. But usually it's just a quick, you know, you lean. Mm-hmm. These guys took lean. They they both dope and yep. just went tumbling down. And that would have been fun to look at that replay by a nose or a <laughs> finger or a, an elbow or whatever the case may right. be. So good stuff on, on the coverage on the uh, on the state track and field. So that's a couple of things today. Twins win, twins win. Now that you hand the ball to Joe Ryan, looking for his eighth one of the year coming up tonight uh, against Houston. We'll see if, uh, you know, if, if uh, that great performance yesterday by the Twins and Royce Lewis. Uh, tonight, if Joe Ryan could pick it up and, and then get two in Houston. We'll talk with Dick Bremer, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. That's coming up next on the Jack Michaels Show. Inside Twins, coming to you every uh, Tuesday with the voice of the Minnesota Twins. It is Dick Bremer, and it is brought to you by Jefferson Lines. The Minnesota Twins, after a weekend series against Toronto, hit the road to Houston, and all of a sudden, everything is right with the world. A feel-good yesterday in Houston. And, well, it was feel-good for a while, and then you're probably wondering, and then it got to be a feel-good again. And Dick joins us today, and there's a, there's a few subplots in, in, I suppose, yesterday's game too, Dick, but how could you not talk about Royce Lewis out of the gate? today good good afternoon dick yeah it was a really fun game to watch i'm i'm guessing i know it was a fun game to broadcast we've seen over the last three weeks or so the twins give up late inning leads and then not have a response whether it be in extra innings or what have you but uh, what made it so fun last night is you you have an absolutely crushing uh grand slam hit by altuve but then you come back and, you know, the guy just activated, hasn't played a major league game in a year, and he drives in the tying run with two outs in the ninth inning, and then Jeffers slugs the home run, and you end up winning a ball game like that. And, and suddenly you're reminded how good this team can look. You know, there really were uh, one bad pitch thrown in the entire game. Sonny Gray was outstanding, so the starters have been good. The bullpen, hot and cold, if you will. But uh, the energy that we all felt, even before the game started yesterday with Royce Lewis in the clubhouse, was palpable. It was really a fun day yesterday. The uh, and, and we were chatting, Dick, today, and you've been around athletes your whole life, and those that have had injuries and those that have recovered from injury. That that ACL when it happens, you know, boom, you're out. You might as well put twelve months up from nine to twelve months in that rehab, and then bang, it happens again. And you can only imagine like the mental fortitude that a guy like Royce Lewis has had to have to just put him in a spot that he was in last night, Dick. People have talked about the ACL as as being, you know, like a lower half version of a Tommy John surgery, and to have it happen a second time so quickly after you put in the drudgery, the monotony, the go through the physical and mental pain of rehabbing an injury, to have it happen so quickly a second time. Rocco Baldelli was asked yesterday in meeting with the media, you know, how are you going to handle? Uh, you know, him with this having happened to him at a very young age for the second time. And basically Rocco's answer is, we don't know. Because, you know, who who has come back from that injury a second time? Uh, so it's going to be, you know, a day-by-day uh, assessment, I think, as to how he's going to be handled by the Twins, how he's going to handle the stress. And then after talking with Rocco Baldelli, talked with, Royce Lewis about it, and he said, uh, you know, uh, 
the knee is fine. What he had to do, starting in spring training, then through extended spring and a, and a rehab uh, stint, he had to get back into baseball shape. You know, when you think he didn't play a few years ago because of the pandemic, missed most of the last two years, he had to get back into baseball shape, and it sure looked last night like he's there. Ryan Jeffers comes through with a big hit, and that has been the kind of the one-two combo with he and Vasquez, and Vasquez has struggled a little bit uh, hitting-wise. Is that a good spot for Jeffers to kind of be that number two catcher, or do you think that instead of being 60-40, 70-30, could be, uh, he could see some more playing time? Yeah, I do think so, and, and uh, part of it is because Christian Vasquez really hasn't hit very well. He has, what, 125 plate appearances and a few singles and three doubles, and that's been it. And Ryan has proven he can you know, drive the ball and be a productive hitter, so we'll have to wait and see how this all plays out here, but I could very easily see a little role reversal with, with Ryan Jeffers maybe getting more and more starts uh, unless or until Christian Vasquez starts hitting again. We look at some of these injuries, Dick, and, and, and thank goodness that the Twins are able to, to get some of these bright spots, these sparks, you know, the, in, in the time where right now the Central is just, just kind of rolling through that 500, a little bit above 500 is good enough right now. And and uh, eventually these guys are going to get healthy, I suppose, Dick, and that'll be great. And and maybe the, the, the field experience for those that are stepping up and, and seeing some success and feeling on that, maybe this will all morph together, Dick, as it, as it goes through because we don't want to have to go through the injuries. But I know it can be a good thing sometimes. Uh, guys getting A-Bs, you know, guys getting, uh, getting innings on the mound, and that maturation sometimes can fold together and make for a brilliant and fun season. Well, the Twins have kind of played flatline baseball for the last three weeks. Uh, going back through the homestand, the last road trip, they've just, you know, May has not been a good month, but they've had to play without two guys, I think, that are central to this being a really good team and maybe a championship team. And that is uh, Jorge Polanco, who the Twins hope to get back soon, and then uh, Caleb Thielbar out of the bullpen, too. We have seen Duran, uh, as he did last night, uh, pitch a second inning, and he's been really good. Of course, he won't be available tonight because of that. But one of the reasons the Twins have had to ask him to do that is they really miss Thielbar, who's been you know really good uh, coming out of the bullpen and giving some big outs late in the ball game. He's been unavailable, and we expect him uh, to. I think he's going to pitch tonight for St. Paul, and maybe one more appearance after that. So by the time we get home uh, to take on the Guardians. Um, we may have Thielbar in, in the mix pitching out of the bullpen. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's been said for 150 years, you can never have enough uh, pitchers. And the Twins have proven the point, you can never have enough outfielders because they seem to have been <laughs> right. so often with the outfield, you know, Gallo, they don't want to put him out there now because he's got a hamstring issue. Kepler just came off the injured list. Buxton isn't playing the outfield right now, so... Uh, yeah, depth is a nice thing to have, and I think we've said this when we started these chats at the start of the year. This is probably the deepest team uh, the Twins have had in quite some time. Another guy too, Matt Walner, had a nice weekend, and I'm you know I'm sure yeah. some fan base uh, got frustrated and said, "Geez, he got four hits the other day and he got sent down." But uh, what, um, where does he fit in the equation of this logjam of corner outfielders? Well, being sent down, I you know it didn't surprise anybody because mm-hmm. they had to make room for Kepler once he was ready. But my gosh, he, he goes to the minor leagues having reached an eight straight plate appearances. He got six hits and two walks uh, in that uh, Toronto series, and it just looked like he had figured some things out at the plate. And I know that can go, you know, 
go uh, hot and cold for a hitter. And Matt told me that when he got called up, uh, you know, a week or so ago, he didn't really, he wasn't swinging well, but he felt like it was coming. And it looked like it, you know, against big league pitching, it looked like he figured some things out. So uh, I, you know, I can see a world where uh, the Twins don't re-sign Joey Gallo and have a nice replacement perhaps in in, uh, a homegrown product in uh, Matt Walder. He really looked good uh, toward the end of his stint. Dick Bramer's appearance brought to you by Jefferson Lines. Uh, You mentioned Thielbar uh, maybe getting some time uh, in in, in St. Paul tonight. Kent, am I in that same boat, Dick? Yeah, they're expecting to get him back, and I think uh, uh, they will bring him back as a starting pitcher. Now, what that does to the rotation, which has just been outstanding. Sonny Gray again last night was outstanding. Matt, uh, Louis Varlin's going to go tomorrow, and he's been good. Bailey Ober has been good. So uh, I'll be curious whether they experiment with a six-man rotation. Uh, and it will depend, certainly, if they do that, how long they are committed to that, depending on whether Maeda can get people out. But uh, he's on track to rejoin the club as a starting pitcher. I don't know if this is a thing, and and, and Brad's the uh, mathematical mind genius and historian of, of, of this group, uh, but the 20 wins, you know, 20 wins in a season. You know, Joe Ryan is, 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 is shooting for number, what, uh, seven, I suppose, tonight, maybe in that area? Uh, eight, I believe eight, so, yeah. eight, eight, seven, and one, or whatever. Uh, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think it's been almost two decades since the Twins had a 20-game Winner, I'm, I'm guessing it's Santana. I say Johan about uh, like, about that odd, middle two thousand three, something like that, Dick. So be that whatever the case may be. But but is there a shot that the Twins might have at least one twenty game winner uh, this season, Dick? Well, absolutely. We thought Sonny Gray was going to get one last night. Uh, he's not on a pace to win twenty, but it's it's since Santana, the art or the act of being a starting pitcher, the job description has changed so much. You know, Santana got, you know, pitched deep into ball games, ran up strikeouts and, and all that, and would regularly pitch seven, eight innings. Uh, I think the no-hitter he pitched was the first time he actually – no, he had a, a shutout uh, that led to Burt Blyleven getting his uh, head shaved. But, you know, he, uh, <laughs> right. he he pitched a lot of innings, and now if somebody pitches 200 innings, it's it's considered, you know, Ironman duty almost. So the the job description of a starting pitcher is different and with so much more reliance on bullpens, I mean, we're bragging about the Twins' starting rotation, right? And they're averaging five and two-thirds innings per start. You're still needing to get ten outs from your relievers. And as we saw last night, Brock Stewart, you know, nobody could score on him, and then he serves up a grand slam. Relief pitching is just so fickle, has always been pretty fickle. And so it's, it's tougher for a starter to uh, get a win. Uh, given so much reliance on the bullpen. That said, I don't think, uh, at least the American League, I don't think there's been a 20-game win in a few years. Now, now that we bring that up, I don't, I don't recall. Maybe Garrett yeah, Cole. Yeah, it's, it's a rarity. Yeah, I don't know whether Cole did last year. Maybe Verlander. Yeah. Uh, came close, but I, yeah, I'll, that's worth looking up because Joe Ryan's on a track. You know, we're exactly one third of the way through the season now. There you go. And and uh, so you can take all the numbers, hitting and pitching numbers, and multiply them uh, by three and have some fun with it. But it really doesn't mean anything since health and all the other factors that uh, you know come into play when you're talking about projected numbers for a full season.
You're you're looking that up already, Brad? I suppose the numbers. Yeah, I'm looking here to see. Yeah, I don't know if that, I think Dick's right. I think maybe a Kohler Verlander a few years ago or a couple years ago. Hey, Dick, uh, real quick before I let you go, uh, Minute Maid Park uh, calling a game in in Houston as as you've called many out there. The scene, the pulse. Uh, what's it like? The crowd? Are they active? Are they passive? Are they ornery? Are they <laughs> pleasant? Well, what's it like in Houston? No, they're quite pleasant. They uh, should be pleasant. Uh, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, they're coming off a couple of World Series, including one last year, but it uh, wasn't that long ago we were here and, and the franchise was in desperate shape. Uh, not many fans in the ballpark, and it was so bad here. They had three years in a row, I think, where they averaged like 105 losses. They weren't Oakland A's bad this year, uh, but they were kind of the laughing stock of baseball. And they had no TV ratings. I mean, you know, were rating services, and they couldn't even register. That's how far off the radar screen the baseball team was uh, in this market. And now it's, of course, a completely uh, different story there. Uh, they had 40-some thousand there last night, and we'll expect a big crowd again tonight and tomorrow night. That park looks like that ball jumps to left, Dick. I mean, it it, it, it looks like it plays small. I think... One of that left centers in that 360, 370 range. It seems to jump down that line over there. It seems like it could be a bandbox, Dick. Yeah, and, and you know the two home runs that were hit to left both probably would have been uh, home runs at Target Field because they were both line drives. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the wall is almost as close as the Green Monster uh, in Boston, and it's a lot shorter than the Green Monster in Boston. So we've seen a lot of home runs like Jeffers' home run and uh, Altuve's home run that – just kind of go a couple rows back. It's uh, If I was a right-handed batter, uh, I would love to hit in this ballpark. Last one before you go. We always leave with something unique. It was on this date, uh, Dick, 1982, that Cal Ripken Jr. began that, that of course, that streak, 26-32, 26-32. I think broadcasters Chick Hearn has some sort of unique, <laughs> right, like a unique consecutive games. It might have been over 3,000 on that. My my guess would be Dick Bramer's probably put a couple of big streaks together in your career, right? Well, yeah, I have. I don't like to miss games. I had to miss right. some uh, early this season because of COVID. Um, but uh, I, I kind of enjoy the grind, if you will. One reflection on Ripken's streak, which started, as you said, in, in this date in 1982, I still believe to this day that Kent Herbeck got robbed uh, in the American League uh, Rookie of the Year voting that year. Ripken won the award, and I think Herbeck finished second. But you take their numbers and you compare them. And I I felt this way after the 82 season, and I wasn't even involved with the Twins as a broadcaster. That was uh, the next year, 83, that I started. But I always have felt that Kent – should have won the American League Rookie of the Year in 1982 because I thought his numbers across the board, even the the primitive numbers that we looked at back in 1982, that Herbeck's numbers were better than Ripken's. Yeah, with all due respect to Cal, right on the money on that. Needed a gold glove, too, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. got to concur. Dick, uh, great stuff as always with you. It always is good walking down baseball rolling. Go get a Joe Ryan and the Minnesota Twins. See if you can't get a couple uh, down there in Houston. Thanks, Dick. We will uh, talk to you next week. All right, I always enjoy this. Thanks, guys. You bet. The legendary Dick Bremer joining us on uh, the Jack Michaels Show and our properties here. You can hear Dick every Tuesday presented by Jefferson 
lines. All right, the, your 20-game winners. Hit me, Brad. Were we uh, right? When Kyle, I forgot about Kyle Wright of the Braves won 20 last year, 21-5. and five. Okay, so there's one in the National League. And then uh, Julio Urias did it in 21 with the Dodgers. I forgot he went 20-3. and three. So, so I, I, th- I don't think the American League has had one in a few years. So, yeah, those are NL guys. Uh, let me do this. Yeah, that's a good call. So, but yeah. but you're talking about one, <laughs> you know. And then yeah. We just he's right. We don't we don't see that. Um, I go back to like uh, early two thousands. Keep going here. Early two thousands. It just seemed Santana won twenty in 04, By the way. Okay, so we were right on that. And he won nineteen in 06. That was the year they made the playoffs. But you you remember in like in ot two ot three oh four as you talk about. It, it seemed like there was there was four or five twenty game winners back in those uh, those years when it mm-hmm. was uh, the like uh, the, the the Clemens and 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 uh, the the Barry Zitos of all I think Barry Zito was a twenty game winner in Oakland all of them and the, those early two thousands and here we are not that far removed and we are and Dick's right we are scratching to get one you know, in 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 a, in a National League or an American League, and I don't think the American League has had one since. Let's see, American since, uh, League. Uh, Verlander twenty one nineteen with the Astros. Okay. Uh, Garrett Cole won twenty and nineteen. There you go. Uh, two thousand eighteen. Blake Snell won twenty one for the Rays. Was Kluber a twenty game winner? Yes, that was also you. Also twenty and eighteen as had well. My, had him on my computer baseball there league that go. year. After thank you very much. Uh, two thousand sixteen. Rick Porcello won twenty two. Rick Porcello with the Red Hot or but the Brad, Red go, Sox. Go, since you got it up, and I know this right, go back to like the early two thousands. I yep. think there was a lot of. I just remember a lot of 20-game winners back well, then. Well, let's see, 04, uh, Kurt Schilling won 21, Johan won 20. 2005, Bartolo Colon won 21 with the Angels. What about not like three and two uh, and one? Let's see here, three and two, Roy Halladay. Oh, yeah, here we go, 2003, Roy Halladay, 22. This That's is the American one. League. Esteban Liza, Jamie Moyer, and Andy three, Pettit four. all 21. There's that four was the American League. That's four in the American League alone. And the NL, let's see here. Russell Ortiz won 21 for the Braves. Looks like he was the only one. Okay. But that's five combined. That's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So there was, um, I mean, the Rocket and Jamie Moyer and those guys all, you know, one time in their life, you know, they were in Rocket at a couple of them. But yeah, that we just don't even, I don't even know if it's a, it certainly is the thing if you're getting there. I mean, if Joel Ryan gets to gets there, Brad, that's something. That's it's, it's yes. almost as you said. I think you said it's Santana in '04. I mean, yep. it's 2023. It's almost two decades later, and in something that hasn't even happened in the American League since uh, you mentioned Garrett Cole, I think, and Justin Verlander a few years ago. Yep. So, so that's eighteen. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's that'd be pretty impressive. Glad we could put that pressure on Joe Ryan. But <laughs> you know, again, here's some math, kids, and I know you don't want to do math. School's almost over. But if we're a third of the way through the season. And he has seven wins. Yep. Take three. Rachel, are you listening? Well, got, take three times I think seven. She is listening, but, <laughs> Rachel, well, take three times Sonny seven. Gray was I mean, he was four and zero oh, what March slash April, and then he's had his last two starts. He well, he left with the lead against the Giants, and that was the and then he kind of he walked a couple, and then they walked a couple more, and then yesterday he was sailing along, and then he kind of hit the wall, and then. Grand Slam later, and he ends up with a no decision. So you got a few of those two, where you're, you know, your bullpen. You got your, you got to get some run support, and you got to have your bullpen be able to back you up. Ken Herbeck, uh, uh, you remember his? I'm going to look at real quick before we go. Dick mentioned his uh, his numbers in '82. So 
Uh, 160 hits. Herbeck with 21 doubles. Four t- Herbie had four triples, by the way, and it must have bounced a couple of balls around the. Well, uh, yeah, I guess he was, he was a lot thinner then, and then that was the that was the real that was the Metrodome open, so that that had that real spongy turf. Like when we of, bring a Travis, goofy, a lot of goofy things. We on. bring Hafner on quite every now and then. Travis on, he talks about his uh, inside. Didn't he have an inside the park or whatever. Uh, 23 homers, 92 runs batted in. Uh, at a 45 slugging, 848 OPS. Uh, yeah, good numbers. Obviously, good numbers. You know, that's a young, that's a young Ken Herbeck. Uh, yeah, 40, 48 extra base hits, 92 runs batted in. Herbie had four triples and three stolen bases. By the way, in 1982, Ken Herbeck, ladies and gentlemen, speed demon. That's right. Uh, we come back. Speaking of success, and speaking of guys with World Series, we got a World Series winner right in our backyard. In fact, a bunch of them. And uh, they're in Wapiton. We'll talk about that next on the Jack Michael Show with Brad Anderson today on 740 The Fan. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Well, we like to highlight great stories on the on the show on 740 The Fan. And, and one of them here in the last week has been uh, the North Dakota State College of Science Wildcat ladies going to the uh, the, the JUCO World Series Division Three and and uh, start out strong and found themselves having to having to kind of fight back and then really had to dig down into every bit of resilience possible to win. Uh, they're in upstate New York. They are uh, coached by Mike Elke. Mike had a chance to join us today on our properties on KFGO with myself and uh, Joel Heidkamp. And well, number one, we wanted to bring him on and, and congratulate him and say. Uh, Proud of him. Job well done, Coach. Very proud. Yeah, it was uh, it was very exciting. Um, yeah, we didn't quite plan it that way, but um, <laughs> it, it was very uh, very exciting to go through. There, it, Mike can explain this to our to our listeners, uh, Joel. That uh, you know, as you know, in these tournaments, if you're in the catbird seat, which his opponent was, meaning that you, ha- that you have to you have to lose twice. Yep, you you know, so your twice. opponent has to beat right. him twice. Well, right, Mike, and then you can explain it because you guys. Just knocked them all over the park in that first one, that corner team. And then then the second one was a little different story, as you can break down, I'm sure, today. Yeah, very much so. Um, I think, you know, after we lost to them on Thursday, we talked about just taking it a game at a time and and, and just getting back to the championship. Um, you know, we had to play Herkimer, which is a New York team. So, you know, you got – it's a little different playing those New York teams, right? They're, they're a little bit more uh, – I don't know if abrasive is the word, but a little more in your face, a little bit more, even just the fan. Right. Cocky. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cocky. I Verbally guess, aggressive. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we just talked about taking it a game at a time and, um, you know, and just getting through it. So, I'm yeah. curious about this, is that in in, the, in the, all the marbles, all the Tostitos, all the sushi – is on the line. It is. It's. It's. This is it. This is the World Series of the 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 JUCO Division Three, and here it is. And you're down. I think it was twelve seven going into the bottom of the seventh inning. This is it. First of all, as a coach, is it still that? Uh, let's just get somebody on and see how this rolls out. And then as that bottom half developed, just if you can describe the feel in that dugout for those Wildcat ladies and what what was happening. Well, I think, you know, going into the sixth, I, I, I knew we had a chance. We kept talking about, hey, let's just keep everybody fired up. We have it, you know, we'll have a chance. When they hit the three-run home run in the seventh, I was like, man, this is going to be tough. Um, we just got to get people on and um, go from there. And then we were down to two outs. But, um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was something. Uh, the kid that had the game-winning hit, Laura Dolezal, she's from uh, around the Omaha area. 
she was actually, you know, our, our starting left fielder broke her finger at the beginning of the playoffs. <laughs> so she was actually a kind of a, you know, she was playing about half the games, but she did hit some cleanup for us at some point in the season. But for her to come through, you know, as a freshman and, and get that game winning hit was huge. So, Mike, when you look at this and you play on a national stage like this, and then you you do come back, you do win this thing. How many of these uh, young women that you're coaching get looks all across the nation now, and people are calling you saying, "Hey, I'd like this person sell. I'd like to recruit them." Well, that happens quite a bit. So, um, you know, I'll get emails and calls and texts, you know, all the time looking for players, and and definitely now I will. Um, the one aspect of our team is we have a lot of kids from all over the place, so they're they're willing to, you know, travel and go some places. So, you know, I, I get calls from all corners of the country looking for, you know, asking about a kid. So, um, yeah, they'll they'll end up going places. Some of them, you know, they've had two successful years, and and they, you know, they'll just flat out say, I don't really want to go play at a place where I'm going to finish, you know, at the bottom of the heap or whatever. And, and they just move on with their life and go to school, I guess. But I, d- I do get quite a few, you know, to answer your question, there'll be quite a few calls and, and people looking for players. Science has had so much success across the uh, the sports landscape, men and women in various sports. But the, the softball team is the first one to win a national title. So are you stopping in uh, tomorrow to ask for twice the salary? Yeah, or, I think it's worth uh, it, man. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. But the softball job is, is a part-time job, so I actually work a full-time job in Fargo. So I'm actually at my full-time job today. So oh, about, uh, how about uh, that story? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Michael, great, you know Mike. what you need? You need an agent. Uh, yeah. and we're more than willing to volunteer <laughs> on your behalf. He sounds like when, when, yeah. when Moore used to tell the story, we broke Ty Cobb's stolen base marks. Jack, I went in there and I was going to demand a rate. I'm going to be the highest paid shortstop. Because I came out like ass tools on the team. <laughs> so, so yeah. Michael, what was it like afterwards uh, when when you come back like that? When you when you achieve the goal, you know, I mean, what what was it like with the girls after that? Well, they were beyond ecstatic. I mean, they were. I mean, it was it was crazy. I was trying to remain calm and just, you know, I didn't want to, because I have got to know, you know, Corning, that was the third time in a row they finished um, second. Um, and like you said, they were in the driver's seat. And, and I've gotten to know the Corning um, coach and the Corning AD very well. And, um, you know, it's just, I was happy for us, but at the same time, I was very, uh, you know, I was, you know, I, I can't imagine losing that way. And, and she's been there for 27 years. And, and to have to go through that again, I just, you know, I don't know. But, but I, you know, I was very happy for us. Um, our players um, were, you know, just beyond. I mean, but we've been talking about this. You know, we played a very tough schedule. And we, we finished, you know, fourth last year. And we should have probably been a little higher last year. And, and the year before that, we were fifth. Um, so, I mean, we've been, you know, our program has been there before. And we've been close you know within a game or winning a game here winning a game there so i mean they were you know the expectation level was that we were going to compete and and get to the championship we didn't you know you don't know if you're going to win it or whatever but sounds like yeah it was it was crazy Sounds like a congratulatory team get together at Lake Elsie. Hey, they're welcome at the, anytime. At the high camp anytime we can celebrate a North Dakota State <laughs> College of Science a national championship, Mike, uh, we're all in. Mike Elke, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for making sure that we all got something to be proud of as Wildcat fans. Appreciate it, buddy. 
All right. Thanks for having me. We'll make the calls on your behalf. What do you think? We'll talk about salary after this. He wins national titles in his part-time job. Yeah, we're going to get to your car like Abe. We're going to go go to (laughs) My elk is so good. He wins World Series in his part-time gig. Part-time. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate (laughs) having you on. It's all fun when you win, isn't it, Brad? Mike made a great point in there. You know, and this is what great coaches are about, too. He said, I, I can only feel because his counterpart, uh, I think she uh, she has been there, uh, corning there for 27 years or over two, almost three decades as okay. a coach. So it was as exhilarating it is to to win in the fashion that they did. And those those student athletes are going to have a story for the rest mm-hmm. of their life. Right. It, it literally is one of the greatest comebacks and championships ever won in the history of the sport. That's how big, that's how that, that whole drama was. But can you imagine being on the other end of that? You know, watching that lead dissipate, and then all of a sudden, and, and Brad and I were talking in the queue, I'm like in queue, in the, the commercial break that uh, you get on your, you know, maybe you're on your heels. All of a sudden, now you, every play is just a little bit away. You can't make it. Yeah, to watch that a five run lead, bottom seven. There were two outs, and, and the rally continued. And uh, Laura Delzel, the uh, the Omaha, she's from that Omaha area, freshman. <laughs> Coming up, and she was getting more playing time because of a, a player that's broken yeah. a finger. I mean, that's just the story just continues to go. So, really cool stuff right there. And now, now of course, how do you repeat? You know, you, it's, that's typical media right now. What do you think about repeating? <laughs> you think you can win it again next year? We'll let them celebrate that for that. Uh, twins tonight, as I mentioned, Joe Ryan on the mound for Minnesota. It's always a treat, seven and one. On the year and the Red Hawks tonight, get out there uh, to Newman Outdoor Field. Uh, bring your ears along, as we say, and and, and tune in. But the Red Hawks uh, have twelve of the next fifteen at Newman. The month of the end of May and into June is a great time to get out. You got Pete the Cat. Is, is that is that past uh, Rachel's age? Or is, are you familiar so. with Pete the Cat? I'm not familiar with Pete the Cat. I wasn't either. Then I was. My children were raised by Barney. Well, their parents, but then by Barney. <laughs> Barney. Rachel, we kind of got into. Wiggles? No, Peppa Pig, mm. Super Y. Yeah. Uh, we had Pink Plus Cat we used to watch once in a while on uh, on public television. Well, Pete the Cat's quite the thing. I, okay. I, that's that's a deal. The Fargo Public Library, so there's, <laughs> there's that. There's Cape and Poster Night and all these special things coming up. Of course, the 9th of June is really uh, special at Newman. They're retiring Doug Simonick's number. Um, so there'll be that going on. That's going to be just unbelievable night. That's the same night that the op- the all-star volleyball teams in Fargo. So mm-hmm. can I have all those volleyball players there and Doug there and I'm probably fireworks. Who knows? Uh, Brad riding a motorcycle. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that, no, thanks. <laughs> that, that's going to be a big one. Uh, we will do it again coming up tomorrow. Stick around. Common Man is coming up next on The Fan. In Red Hawks tonight, 640 the pre, 702 the first pitch. Uh, Todd Grower going tonight for the uh, Fargo-Moorhead Red Hawks. Thanks to Dick Brammer, as always, joining us on a Tuesday edition. Uh, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. And to hear from Coach Mike Elke of NDSCS and his World Series champion, Wildcat softball team. Common is next, right here on 740 The Fan and 107.3 FM KNFL.